understood that. at another episode of the Neil World Order podcast coming to you in February. You know what that means. It's uh, Black History Month. Um, Great lead-in from an amazing African-American artist, one of my favorites of all time, Rick James. I love that song, Mary Jane. That's just one of the sickest songs of all time. The opening to that song, which you just heard, it just never gets old. Um, James Ambrose Johnson Jr., a.k.a. Rick James, born in, born on February 1st, 1948, uh, unfortunately passed away in 2004. He was uh, raised in Buffalo, New York, uh, started his musical career in his teenage years, He played in a lot of bands. He eventually joined the U.S. Navy Reserve to avoid being drafted into the Army in 1964. He then moved to Toronto, Canada, and formed the rock band The Mina Birds, which they were eventually signed to Motown Records, which was kind of like the big thing back then for a lot of, you know, that's kind of where you wanted to be. Uh, They were signed there in 1966. Unfortunately, James' career with the group was halted after military authorities discovered his whereabouts and eventually convicted him of desertion-related charges. He spent several months in jail, and after being released, he moved to California, and that's kind of where he started his uh, exploration into combining like rock and funk in the late 60s and early 70s. Um, James finally found success as a recording artist Again, signing with Motown's Gordy Records, releasing the album Come Get It in 1978, which produced the hits You and I and the classic sick jam I just played for you, Mary Jane. In 1981, he released his most successful albums, Street Songs, which included the career-defining hits such as Give It To Me Baby, which you've all heard and probably didn't realize was Rick James, and obviously Super Freak, which is probably like what he's most known for, and then would later go on to be sampled by MC Hammer and Can't Touch This in the 90s, you know, and Super Freak became a huge crossover with, you know, as it was like R&B, funk, rock, pop, it kind of hit all the charts, you know, and made Rick James just kind of a global star at that point you know and then with his mainstream success it kind of peaked in the mid 80s you know he started appearing on popular shows like the a-team and stuff like that uh unfortunately you know rick james would get caught up in drugs and had a bad drug addiction he eventually would be convicted of um some crazy shit which you know, due to his drug addiction, he was convicted of two instances of kidnapping and assaulting two different women while under the influence of crack. It resulted in three, uh, a three-year sentence at Folsom State Prison, uh, 
the prison uh, made famous by Johnny Cash. He was released in 1996. He released an album then called Urban Rhapsody. Um, unfortunately, health problems would halt his career again. He had a stroke during a concert in 1998, and at that point kind of uh, announced he had a, announced a semi-retirement. He kind of came back into the you know mainstream and into the limelight again in 2004. You know we all remember uh, Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories on the Chappelle Show segment where they would talk about uh, Rick James and you had Dave Chappelle doing the reenactments as well as Rick James being present and Charlie Murphy would talk about uh, going to clubs with Rick James and to Rick James' house and stuff with his brother Eddie back in the 80s and stuff and just Rick James being coked out of his mind and just women, the booze and all that. And, um, you know, and it, it was it was hilarious. Um, if you haven't seen those old Chappelle show skits, uh, it's genius stuff. Um, it's all true. I mean, Rick James is part of uh, the storytelling as well. And they go back and forth between like Dave Chappelle playing the part of in the reenactments of Rick James and Rick James and Charlie Murphy uh, narrating it and doing like, you know, they're kind of off in the corner doing the soliloquies and whatnot. But um, great stuff. Uh, check out Rick James. I mean, if you haven't heard of Rick James, I don't know. You know, you're sheltered, you don't like R&B funk, and maybe you live in a closet or whatever. But yeah, my ass loves me some Rick James. Um, and like I said, we're on, uh, it's February, it's Black History Month. Um, you know, I, we could go on and I could go all mainstream and we could talk about the people they want to force down our throat, like Obama and... Um, LeBron James and the usual, you know, people, Maya Angelou and stuff like that. Uh, and a couple years ago when we talked about this, I kind of went out and I tried to find some interesting people that I thought were kind of neat. Um, you know, maybe people that aren't in our textbooks, people we don't hear about too often. And I don't know, those. that's kind of the stuff I like. You know, everyone... It takes so many people to make up the history of our country, you know, or even just the history of, you know, what is black history or whatever. Uh, you know, one person in particular I came across was a man named Gordon Parks. Um, he passed away in 2006. Dude almost lived 100 years. He was born in 1912. He was the first uh, African-American photographer on the staff of Life Magazine. Life Magazine was kind of something similar to like Time Magazine. I don't believe it's around anymore as most magazines are kind of full. I believe Sports Illustrated folded in the last couple weeks. Uh, he would later go on to found Essence Magazine, which was kind of a magazine uh, aimed at African Americans. Um, he was also the first black writer and director of a studio film. And his second movie was actually Shaft. And he's credited with kind of help, helping to shape the black exploitation era in the 70s. And that term isn't meant uh, derogatory. Uh, anyone, I have a film background, so anyone who knows films, you know, there was the Pam Greer movies, the Blackula movies, Rudy Ray Moore, um, a lot of these movies, you know, and, and Gordon Parks is 
was quoted once as saying that he saw the camera could be a weapon against poverty, against racism, against all sorts of social wrongs. And he knew at that point when he, um, sorry, he knew at that point he had to have a camera and he wanted to make a difference. So Gordon Park, there's there's our first person. Uh, next, we have uh, Jane Bolin, another person, ninety to live to be 99 years old. I, I find this fascinating. Um, Jane Bolin is a pioneer in law. She was the... She was 1908 to 2007, was the first black woman to attend Yale Law School in 1931. In 1939, she became the first black female judge in the United States. One of her, here's, this is kind of a, a cool thing when you think about the way things are today. And this was what she dedicated her career to um, one of her significant contributions through her career was working with private employers to hire people based on their skills as opposed to discriminating against them because of their race. I find that fascinating because now we kind of do the opposite in a lot of instances. <clears throat> Let's see what else we have here. So many interesting people. There's like a list of 31 people here, and I'm just kind of, there were some that uh, I found and I thought, oh, this is kind of neat. Uh, May Jemison. May Jemison, uh, still alive. She was born in 1956. She was the first African-American woman to orbited space aboard the shuttle Endeavor. She's also a physician, teacher, and Peace Corps volunteer. And after her work with NASA, she founded the Jemison Group, which develops scientific and technological advancements. She continues to work toward helping young women of color get more involved in technology, engineering, and math around the country. That's May Jemison. Wow, this another person that lived almost a hundred years it, it a lot of this really blows my mind when i see this like i feel like as people we don't live that long anymore uh benjamin o davis senior uh 1877 to 1970 that's that's quite a time span uh, at least to me, it is. I mean, you. I, I can't imagine everything you saw in that life lifespan. He was the first black general in the United States Army. He served for 50 years, beginning as a temporary first lieutenant during the Spanish-American War. Throughout his service, Davis was a professor of the military of military science at Tuskegee and Wilberforce University. He was commander of the 369th Infantry of the New York National Guard and special assistant to the commanding general, among other positions. He received the Bronze Star Medal and the Distinguished Service Medal, and he is buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Pretty cool. This one, lastly, not least, um, Henrietta Lacks, uh, 1920 to 1951. 
she, uh, after being diagnosed with cervical cancer at the John Hopkins Hospital in 1951, a sample of Lack's cancer cells were taken without her consent by a researcher. I know that sounds odd right now. Um, and although she succumbed to the disease at the age of 31, that same year, her cells would go on to advance medical research for years to come, as they had the unique ability to double every 20 to 24 hours. They have been used to test the effects of radiation and poisons to study the human genome to learn more about how the viruses work and played a crucial role in the development of the polio vaccine, John Hopkins' representative said. Also, in 2017, Oprah Winfrey starred and executive produced HBO's Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which was adapted from the book by Rebecca Skloot. So I thought that was kind of neat that, like, even though it was something that, you know, unwillingly happened, there was some good that came of it, you know, unfortunately not for Henrietta Lacks, but for people, you know, to this day, just through medical advancements, you know, it's unfortunate, unfortunate that she lost her life at 31, which is crazy to think, you know, at such a young age, but uh, we were even talking about that, you know, at work the other day, and um, just how, you know, it seems like some, I mean, maybe uh, there are more advancements in cancer, and I've been fortunate enough to not have been, you know, surrounded by a lot of people that are really going through the trenches on that. But, you know, you would think we'd have a cure for that by now, but then you also look at the sign of that there's no monies in cures, there's only money in treatments, and I think I just said monies, not money, but... I digress. You you know you know uh, what I was getting at. So yeah, that's our little each uh, week, each episode in February we'll touch on uh, some interesting uh, people that are noteworthy and had some accomplishments that you know probably are footnotes in the history books or you know aren't mentioned at all because. To me, that's neat. It's easy to talk about, you know, the low, the the big names, the things that are right there on the tips of your tongue. But I think, you know, every piece is important in a puzzle, right? So that's that. Um, so what else do you guys want to talk about? Super Bowl next week. Um, not gonna lie, I don't really have any interest. Um, I'm kind of rooting against both teams. I mean, I guess if I have to pick um, the Chiefs, but I hate Taylor Swift. I hate Travis Kelsey. Um, I don't mind Patrick Mahomes. I'm just tired of the Chiefs winning. But I I, I absolutely loathe San Francisco. Um, I hate Brock Purdy. I, I, you know, I didn't like San Francisco back, going back to the Joe Montana days. I just... I don't like San Francisco, you know, maybe it's the Packer fan in me that just doesn't want to see San Francisco win. Um, not even sure what the uh, betting odds are right now. Maybe we'll, we'll look this up and see um, who, the, I'm guessing Kansas City is probably um, the favorite right now, just because it's Kansas City, but I'd guess as of right now, it's probably close. 
Let's see what it says. The betting odds for Super Bowl 2024. Well, actually, San Francisco is the favorite by three points. Um, which is crazy. The over-under is 48. So, uh... Uh, I would, I would, I would take the over on that one. That's just me, and I, I would easily take KC in three points because I think KC's going to win. You know, I just Green Bay should have beat Kansas City. Detroit should, or I'm sorry, Green Bay should have beat San Francisco. Detroit should have beat Can- San Francisco. San Francisco just kind of stumbled their way into the Super Bowl through um, poor coaching by the two teams. You know that played them. They didn't. They didn't do anything to get themselves there. They just kind of ended up there. And I think Andy Reid is too good of a coach to. He's not going to lose the Super Bowl by being an idiot, because he's a better coach than Matt Lafleur and Dan Campbell, who really just ultimately had to kick two field goals, and the Lions would be in the Super Bowl right now, and it would be Taylor Swift against Eminem, right? And we'd all be way more interested. Um, but yeah, I honestly, you know, and then what, what do we have for Usher for halftime show? Can you imagine the list of people that said no for it to get to Usher? Like, I, I'm sitting here thinking of people I'd rather, I mean, rather see than Usher. I would rather see, I, I think I'd rather see Taylor Swift. I know she was one of the people that said no. But I mean, I mean, Kiss, Bob Seger, uh, show Beavis and Butthead cartoons, uh, old different strokes reruns. Um, Adam Sandler could go out there and sing a few songs. Uh, Menudo, Ricky Martin. Who else? Uh, I don't know. The guys from South Park. The Foo Fighters, Steve Martin, Shakira could go out there and dance again. There's probably kids on TikTok that are going to be more entertaining. Like, when's the last time Usher had an album or a song? Or Like, doesn't he just, he's kind of like ludicrous. Doesn't he just pop up on other people's music and make some noise? Like, like props to him. Like, last time I remember Usher was... He was like on the voice, right? And that was like so long ago and whatever. And I get it. The Super Bowl halftime show is a thankless gig because no matter what you do, people are going to shit all over it. You know, I, the last, the Dre one, like Snoop, Dre, Eminem, that was pretty cool. I mean, till Kendrick Lamar did whatever it was he was doing. Uh, and before that, I think the last good one was like what Bruno Mars was pretty cool till he brought out the Red Hot Chili Peppers and they kind of shit the bed. Prince, you know, obviously is one of the best ones ever. Maybe the best halftime show ever. But other than that, I mean, it's just a... I don't even know why they do it. Like, I don't know, just have like a UFC fight at halftime or some kind of contest or fucking celebrity jeopardy. I I don't know, but... They're, I feel like they're running out of acts. I mean, what are we going to get next year? Harry Styles? I mean, Harry Styles is talented, but no, nobody wants to see that. I mean, 
But then, you know, the Super Bowl has become so corporate anyways that it's, I would say less than 10% of those in attendance are actual fans anyways. It's all corporate, it's sponsors, it's, you know, it's just, it's in Vegas, so I don't know. I'm surprised, I mean, I guess, you know, it could be Siegfried and, so we should be thankful it's not Wayne Newton, Siegfried and Roy, or fucking whoever else is doing a show out there. I mean, Britney Spears would have been cool. I don't know if she even does things anymore. So this week's uh, bourbon choice is actually something my pops picked up for me. We are drinking... It is Popcorn Sutton's Master Blend Bourbon Whiskey. This is bottled by uh, Old Smoky, famous for their moonshine in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. This is 100 proof. Um, many of you um, down south, Popcorn Sutton is a moonshine legend. Um, he was born in 1946. Uh, unfortunately, he committed suicide and. 2009, which I did not know until I researched this. I He killed himself by carbon monoxide poisoning at age 62 rather than report to a federal prison after being convicted of offenses related to moonshining and illegal firearm possession. Um, which is crazy now to think about it because since his death, a new company associated with, with Whiskey Brand have been named after him. Um... He had a long career of moonshining and bootlegging. You know, he is considered to be like the grandfather of moonshining and, you know, the heritage. He was a Scottish-Irish-American um, from Parrotsville, Tennessee, up there in East Tennessee. Uh, he was, you know, talked about a lot on the show Moonshiners. This uh, Master Blend Bourbon Whiskey was actually a, his recipe from his wife that was given to Old Smokey. And it's, um, this is only, I believe, a 65 or $69 bottle. I actually have two. And uh, this one's about gone. Um, I don't really want to open the other one. I kind of just want to keep it. But uh, we opened this when we were down in Kentucky. My, I had my pops grabbing too. And uh, it's good stuff. Uh, it's cool because it kind of looks like a wine bottle. You know, and I, I you know, was, a lot of people I think wrote this off as a novelty thing. But uh, it's very much a good bourbon. Uh, especially at the price. Uh, you know, in true popcorn Sutton form, it's got some... Uh, it's got that hug to it. There's a little heat, you know. I mean, it's 100 proof. But, you know, our boy uh, Popcorn Sutton was convicted in 1974 of selling untaxed liquor. Same thing in 81 and 85, uh, you know, possessing controlled substances, assault with a deadly weapon. Um, you know, he was an outlaw. He was just a short, skinny fella. Uh, in his overalls, doing his thing, you know, and um, he's, it's kind of cool to have this, uh, if, you know, if you're ever in uh, East Tennessee, uh, 
I'm guessing you can find these at a lot of maybe a lot of liquor stores in Tennessee. Uh, my folks down there, you can vouch for it. I know it's not available anywhere up here that I've been. Uh, you know, when I've talked to people about it or showed them pictures about it, a lot of people are blown away by it. They think it's cool, you know, but they don't know um, anything about you know didn't know about its existence or where to get it. I actually, you know, had dad brand, got Brandon a bottle as well, but, uh, it's good stuff. You know, um, I don't know if it's a limited run, if it's something they're gonna do, but it's just kind of, you know, something that kind of just keeps, uh, popcorn Sutton's legacy alive, which is kind of cool. I, I know old Smokey's first kind of delve into the bourbon game was like the James Ownsby stuff. And I'll be honest, it fell flat. Um, it was bad. You know, it's not good. The salted watermelon, the salted caramel, that's whiskey. Um, you know, the difference being there is additives in that. Bourbon has to be all natural. And I, I love the whiskeys. Don't get me wrong, you know. Excuse me. We talked about with that with the Traveler, um, the Stapleton Buffalo Trace collaboration. That's a whiskey as well. Great stuff. Love it. I uh, got my second bottle from Brandon uh, last night, and it's good shit. Um, you know, so both are good. There's a time, like in the summer, I love my salted watermelon, my, you know, my strawberry lemonade. All the old smoky whiskeys are great, you know, to sit around on a hot day. They don't have that hug. The proof is lower, you know, which is another thing that makes them a whiskey. They hover around 60 proof. You know, like I said, this being a hundred, this is close to being like a bottled in bond. Um, but it's, it's excellent. Like I said, you, you, you're able to get your hands on this. You know, if you're ever in East Tennessee, I strongly recommend it. They also released uh, a popcorn Sutton. Pretty much, I would say it's like a shine, uh, like a white light. And it's called Liquor, like L-I-K-K-E-R. Uh, you'd have to ask Brandon about that one. I didn't want to venture into that. I'm not, I'm not real high on the straight gas light, lightning moonshine anymore. I'll take the flavored stuff that you can mix and uh, a little bit of Sprite, a little bit of juice, lemonade, and have a great cocktail. But the uh, the hardcore stuff, woof, that'll you know make you see stars or make you go blind. I can't handle that so much anymore. But yeah, the Popcorn Sutton Master Blend, strongly recommend it. Picked up another bottle of uh, Heaven Hill this uh, evening. Um, you know, it won the 2023 Bourbon Award. I was out tonight with the wife and thought it would be a, another thing to grab just because I know the price on it keeps going up. It's going to be hard to find. Came across in one of the bourbon groups I'm on online, this cool app. It's called Only Drams. It's free. But you go through, and it, it's kind of nerdy. I mean, if you're not a bourbon guy, you're not going to care. You go through and you scan the barcodes on all your bottles. It puts, you create your collection. And it kind of, you know, tells you how many of your bottles. It kind of tells you, you know, you get a what your the value of your collection is based on MSRP shows you like what the secondary value is. Not every bottle has a secondary value. You know, I have a bottle of Weller 12. So obviously that has a 
um, MSRP as well as a secondary bottle value like a bottle of Eagle Rare. You know, it has a MSRP of forty three ninety nine, secondary value of eighty to a hundred dollars. You know, I have four of those. Um, you know, same with your E H Taylor. You know, but then you go to just something simple. You know, like obviously the the ma the master blend here doesn't have a secondary value because people aren't like selling this. But it was a cool thing. You know, I had hundred hundred and ten bottles now because I picked up another uh, bottle of Heaven Hill. I know it sounds crazy, right? Uh, they're not all opened. You know, like I said, some of them won't be opened. Um, they're not all super high end bottles. My collection was under $5,000 in total value, you know. It's priceless to me. That's all that matters. There's worse things you could spend money on, I suppose. But, um, anyways. Oh, you know, and it's kind of cool, too, because uh, the liquor, I was telling you about the Moonshine um, bottle, Pop Popcorn Sutton's uh, self-published autobiography is actually called Me and My Liquor. So they kind of, it was kind of a play on that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's about all I got tonight. Um, just hanging out, having a pour. Uh, I think that was it two weeks in a row. Did I do an episode last week or was there a week in between? It's hard to say anymore. Um, life is good. Um, enjoying my weekends. Uh, weather's been beautiful. Hey, Punxsutawney Phil said spring's coming early, so... The days are getting longer, so that's more sunlight. It's not getting dark at one fifteen anymore. But uh, that's all I got, peeps. Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend, has a great week. Um, enjoy doing whatever it is you do, and, you know, if you can't be good, be good at it, and um, we'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.